Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Here with you today, taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything else going on in your life that you would like prayer for, you have questions about, we're here to minister to you and pray for you, along with so many people who are tuning in and able to kind of agree together in Jesus' name with our prayer requests. We would love to hear from you. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, the text line is 720-336-0897. 0897. We want to welcome those of you who are tuning in, wherever you're tuning in from. So first of all, welcome to those of you tuning in in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM. We also want to welcome those who are listening on the East Coast and um, on in kind of Appalachia area. So East Coast is on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. And we're also syndicated on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. So wherever you're tuning in today, welcome. We're so glad that you are tuning in. We want to remind you, uh, for those of you listening on the East Coast, on Hope FM and in Appalachia on Truth FM, that you guys are hearing the show on a one-week delay. So please just keep that in mind. If you're listening here in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM, you're hearing the show live. Uh, But for those of you who are listening on a one-week delay, we just want to remind you of that, but we do want you to call in, and we would love to answer your questions and pray for you on the air. Uh, And you guys kind of have a unique opportunity where you get to tune in the following week or maybe even share the show and share the station with some people you know and then they get to listen to you, you get to listen to yourself the following week when the show airs live. So just keep that in mind. We also want to give a big greeting to everyone who is tuning in online. We know there are more and more of you doing that, listening online, either on our website, gracefm.com. You can go there in your laptop, your desktop, your browser, whatever you use. Just type that into your your, um, browser, and you can go to gracefm.com, and you can listen live right in there. And you can also get the Grace FM app. So if you haven't done that yet, we really encourage you to do that. Um, You can go into your app store on your phone or on your tablet and type in Grace FM, just as one word, and it will come right up. And you can put that on your device for free. And then wherever you are in the world or in the country, wherever you have Internet access, you can tune in to this show and to all the other great programs on Grace FM uh, for free at any time. And... um, I just got the map right now that shows where people are tuning in in live time. And it's always cool to see this because there's so many people tuning in online outside of our broadcast range. Right now we have some listeners in Southern California, up in Washington State. Of course, many here along the Front Range in Colorado, some in the Midwest and on the East Coast. Um, so, uh, And it looks like we have one international listener right now in Ukraine. So 
Welcome to the program, wherever you're tuning in from. We'd love to hear from you. Again, this is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or things going on in your life that you'd like prayer for, answers to. We're here to answer those questions and pray for those prayer requests. So give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. Just a few words about myself as we're waiting for those calls to come in. My name is Pastor Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is located in Longmont, Colorado. If you are in Longmont or if you are in any of the surrounding area within driving distance, we would love to have you come um, visit and worship with us sometime at Whitefields. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. in the St. Vrain Memorial Building, which is just one block west of Main Street in downtown Longmont. The address is 700 Longspeak Avenue. And we meet there at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings for worship and the Word. We have a great children's ministry and a great worship ministry, which we'd love for you to get to experience with you and your whole family. Your whole family can worship at their own level. So we have a great uh, children's ministry. We'd love to have you come and be part of what God's doing at Whitefields. You can find more information about us as well as directions. You can listen to some of our past messages, all that good stuff on our website, which is whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. And if you are familiar with Longmont, I'll just tell you where we're at. We're just on the northwest corner of Longspeak Avenue and Kaufman Street. So it's just one block west of Main Street on Longspeak Avenue. It's the St. Vrain Memorial Building which is just directly south of the downtown park and ride here in Longmont. And we would love to have you come worship with us. Currently, we are studying through the book of 2 Peter. We just started this past Sunday in 2 Peter. We've been doing a series in 1 and 2 Peter. And we finished 1 Peter at the end of November. Then we took a little bit of a break for Advent, Christmas, and then New Year. And just this past Sunday, we got back into that series, starting in 2 Peter and This Sunday, we're going to be looking at the second half of chapter one, which is an incredible um, section. As I've been preparing, which I I was preparing just until a few minutes ago, um, this is an incredible section because Peter essentially addresses some questions which are really super relevant for us today as Christians. The first thing he says is, he says, hey, this hope of the gospel, I want you to understand, this is not based on legends fairy tales, myths. This is this gospel story about Jesus that we have told you about the, as apostles. This is not um, you know, the stuff of myth and fairy tale. And this is really an important point because this is what makes Christianity unique is that Christianity, among all world religions and philosophies, is based on historical events which change the course of history and which can change the course of your life. Now, that's really important because it's not just somebody's philosophy or somebody says that they that God spoke to him about something. No, specifically, these are historical events. Jesus Christ either lived or he didn't. He either died on a cross or he didn't. He either rose from the dead or he didn't. And he's either coming again or he's not, right? So the, these are things which we can we can either verify them or we can prove that they didn't happen historically. And if you prove that these things didn't happen historically, you you get rid of Christianity. Like it, it will just be gone. And yet for 2,000 years, despite attacks against Christianity, these things have held up historically. 
and um, and that's because, of course, these things did happen. We see so many uh, so many people talking about that in the Bible, right? Like the apostles saying, you know, being told to stop talking about Jesus. And they say, how can we stop talking about what we saw and heard, right? We're just talking about our own experiences, like what, what we saw and heard. But then Peter goes on and says, you shouldn't only believe the gospel because of my testimony, that I saw Jesus with my own eyes raised from the dead, that I saw him transfigured with my own eyes, that I saw him, you know, I saw the risen Jesus ascend into heaven. He goes, don't just take my word for it. He goes, you have actually something that's even more sure than eyewitness testimony. That's what he says here in Second Peter chapter 1. And that is, he says, you have the prophetic word. What he's saying, what he's talking about in the prophetic word, he's talking about the scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures. But we also remember Peter's writing this at the end of his life. This is his last letter. is right before he was executed by the Roman officials. And so it's around 66 AD, roughly. And by that time, the, many of the Gospels had already been written. All of the letters of Paul had been written because Paul died before Peter did. So Peter's not just talking about the Old Testament scriptures being inspired by God. He's actually talking about most of what we have in the New Testament as scriptures as well. And that's really important. You know, He's saying, you have the record inspired by the Holy Spirit, the word of God. And he says, don't just take my word for it that you should believe in Jesus. But look at the prophetic word. Look at the fact that God says in the Old Testament, here's how you will know that I'm God. I will tell you the future before it happens, and then it will happen, and that will be the proof that I'm, I am really the one true God. Um, and then we, we have that record for ourselves, even all the prophecies about Jesus. And so it's such an important section. So, hey, if you are in or around Longmont, we'd love to have you this weekend because we're going to be talking about this. Maybe this is something that you want to invite a friend to or invite a family member to who's skeptical about Christianity or who may be on the fence. This might be a time to answer some really, really important questions. Why can we trust the Bible? How do we know that, th that Christianity isn't just a myth? So that's what we'll be talking about this uh, coming Sunday. We'd love to have you join us. More information, directions, everything, check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. You can also check us out on all the social media channels. Uh, we have a YouTube channel that we're really working hard to build and make great. It's beyond just our Sunday morning services up on our YouTube channel. We also do kind of vlogging throughout the week, and you can subscribe to that. So check that out. Um, just on those social media channels, just type in Whitefields Community Church on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all those places, and we'll come right up. And we, you can also find us on podcasts, and you can hear us here on Grace FM. Life in the Field is our radio show. airs every weekday at 2.30 p.m. and every Sunday at 10 a.m. Let's go to our first caller, Angela in Fort Collins. Hi, Angela. Welcome to the program. Hi. How's it going? Great. What's up? Great. Um, just... I, I just heard what you had to say. Um, so what, uh, where exactly in the Bible were you speaking about, um, like, the prophetic visions before, um, before it actually happened? <laughs> yeah, so those verses are found in—I'm um, going to pull it up so I can give you the exact verses. Um, okay. Those verses are found in Isaiah— Okay. And there's actually three sections where this happens in Isaiah. And so what Isaiah the prophet's speaking against is that there were, uh, he's speaking against idolatry. And he's speaking about the foolishness of worshiping idols, which are made, he goes, look, the craftsman makes the idol with his own two hands and then he worships it. You know, how ridiculous is this? And mm -hmm. um, these sections are Isaiah 44, 
verses 6 through 8, then Isaiah 46, verses 9 and 10, and then Isaiah 46. Let me write it. Yeah, no worries. I'm sorry. No worries. No. Isaiah. Okay, 44 through 6 through 8, then 46, 9 and 10, and then 48, 5 and 6. 46, 9 and 10. And 48, 5, five through 6, six. Is it? Five. Yep. Yeah, and so in those places, he, he says, hey, here's how you will know that God is the one true God. He will predict the future, and then it will come to pass. Okay. So God kind of hangs his head on the fact that this is, this is the proof that he is the one true God. And then, you know, you can look at all the statistics, too, about how likely it is that Jesus as one person could fulfill all the prophecies made about him. And I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like it's mathematically almost impossible. Like it makes uh, playing the lottery look like a good investment, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that one happen. Not happen, but... <laughs> right, okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, so um, you guys, you said you're down in uh, Long Island, correct? That's correct. Okay, and it was on the corner of Long's Peak and... Kaufman. Long's Peak and Kaufman. Yeah, so the address is 700 Long's Peak Avenue. Peak Avenue. Okay, and uh, what time are your services? 10 a.m. 10 a.m., okay. And it's each day or just Sunday or...? Just, just on Sunday. Sunday. Perfect. All right. And your name is again? My name's Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of the church. Great. Well, it's good to speak to you. Thank you. Great. What can I do for you? Um, Basically, if I could just uh, have you uh, say a prayer for me. Um, I just need Jesus to clear me, clear my thoughts, um, heal my body, make it... uh, perfect for him the way that he wants it sure um, cleanse me and purify me mm-hmm. um, I know that he, I've been forgiven for all of my sins in my life you know and I'm, I feel like I'm constantly repenting um, and I don't want to do that anymore I, I don't want to have to do that anymore um, I, I want to know that I'm walking in his grace and walking in his will and I'm I'm covered by him and the the cloak, you know. Um. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that he's in that business, right? Yeah. yeah. That's what he does, and we have yeah. so many promises that he does that. And a lot of this is my prayer for you is really this: that you that you take hold of those promises and you walk in them, right? It's almost like imagine if somebody deposited a bunch of money into your bank account well that's great Mm -hmm. and you no longer are in debt right and you can pay and you have a surplus but guess what if you don't actually utilize those funds then they're not going to benefit you right so let's go let's go ahead and pray for you yeah so heavenly father we pray for angela and we just ask lord that your will would be done in her life and that lord you'd make known your purpose to her for her life and i also pray lord give her a sense of assurance as she's pursuing you 
that not only uh, would she know in theory that she's forgiven, but Lord, help it to sink down deep into her heart. Help her to live out of that place and, and embrace that as her identity, as a forgiven, redeemed child of God. And Lord, I pray that you would help her to experience victory in different areas of her life where maybe she's, you know, struggled with making progress and having difficult or having uh, victory. Lord, I pray that you would help her to experience it, to walk in it, and Lord, that her life would glorify you in every way. And Lord, I pray that uh, in the areas of her life, Lord, where she has had regrets in the past, I thank you that they're forgiven. Lord, I pray that you'd give her a sense of that. But Lord, also I pray that you would just heal her from anything that happened as a result and purify her, Lord, that she would just have the sense that she is truly made new in you and that she would walk in that newness of life. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. God bless you, Angela. Yeah. Hope to meet you sometime. Yes, definitely. You too, Nick. Okay. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye. Right, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Taking your calls and texts on the air today, we've got two open lines. Give us a call, 303-690-3000, or text us, 720-336-0897. This is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything you'd like prayer for. We'd love to pray for you and hopefully answer some of your questions. Let's go to our next caller, Gigi in Greeley, Colorado. Hi, Gigi. Welcome to the program. So, Gigi, looks like we might have lost you. Okay, well, um, I can at least address Gigi's question, and um, I'm not sure if we'll get her back or not. So, Gigi's question was this. It says that she wanted some advice and some prayer. She is a believer who is in a relationship with a non-believer. But, Gigi, I'm not sure exactly what your question would have been uh, in regard to this, but... Um, you know, I think the scriptures are pretty clear on this. Second um, Corinthians chapter six, verse 14 says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, what communion has light with darkness. And, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of people who have said over the years, you know, maybe they felt that, you know, this isn't really fair or this isn't, this isn't cool, you know, like, if I'm a, why does, why does the Bible say that I can't just date or marry whoever I want, right? Like, um, you know, why does it, why does it have to be so exclusive that if I'm a Christian, I can only date and marry a Christian? Well, I'll tell you this, this, like all of God's commandments, they are for our good always. It's actually this really cool verse in the book of Deuteronomy where there, you know, the book of Deuteronomy is like a speech that Moses gave at the end of his life. Um, to the new generation who was about to pass into the promised land. And so kind of at the end of his life, and the word Deuteronomy, it means the repetition of the law, or more technically it means the second law, but it, what it really means is the repetition of the law. And as he's introducing the law, he says this phrase where he says, God's commandments, which are given for our good always. And I think that sometimes we forget that, right? We just think that maybe God's commandments are maybe arbitrary or kind of petty, right? Sometimes like, hey, do this and you can't do that. And we're like, God is, you know, we kind of maybe feel that God's like this cosmic killjoy who doesn't want us to get, have too much fun out there or something like that. But that is not at all the spirit in which God gives his commands they are always given because he's a father who loves. And I think that if you've had children, you know, you, you realize that, that the things that your parents told you, which you thought were just 
dumb and arbitrary, you become a parent and you realize, oh yeah, okay, well that's why. That's why they didn't want me to hang out with that person. That's why they didn't want me to go and do that thing. Uh, it wasn't because they were being arbitrary or controlling us because they actually loved you. And so in the case of um, this idea of being unequally yoked, man, I will tell you this, having been a pastor now for, I was looking at it the other day, I've been a pastor now for 15 years. And in that time, I've seen a lot of people dismiss this, um, this teaching that if you're a follower of Jesus, you should only marry and get into intimate relationship with somebody else who's a follower of Jesus. I've seen people dismiss that and it's never worked out good. Like nobody has ever been like, yeah, I did it. And then I'm super glad I did it at the end of the day. You know, it, it, a lot of times it always causes long-term uh, pain and sorrow and hardship in somebody's life. Now God can bring beauty out of those hardships and there can be good things. You know, you can still have a great marriage and relationship and I don't want to discount that. But I will say it introduces a lot of difficulty into life that can be easily avoided. And, you know, that will get into areas of how you spend time, money, uh, especially when you have kids. That's a big one where you start to really see that come out, you know, the big differences in uh, worldview and mentality. But here's here's just what that verse is saying, right? It's saying don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Yoked. It's a weird word to use, right? What does that mean? Well, a yoke is this wooden contraption that ties two animals together. And specifically, it's for oxen. Usually, like you could have a yoke that would maybe connect two donkeys, but usually it's for oxen. Now, um, the if you ever have been to the Denver Zoo, there's, you know, I don't know if it's still there, but there used to be this thing that you could climb on, like where there were these oxen pulling a cart and you could climb all over it. And it that's a great, you know, really good visual for it because what it did, a yoke, it would tie two oxen together. And you remember Jesus, he said this phrase where he said, um, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, like burdened down, right? And I will give you rest he says, take upon yourselves my yoke, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And that verse has always, I think, been confusing at first sight to many people because the verse is saying, just, we tend to think, oh, I have this burden and how nice of Jesus. He wants to take my burden away, which is great. But then he says, but I want you to take on this other burden, right? My burden, which is lighter, but it's still a burden, right? And he says, I want you to put on this yoke my yoke, and as opposed to in this verse where it says, don't be unequally yoked. So here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, hey, I am like an ox and I have a yoke on me. And what I want you to do is I want you to connect yourself to me, put on my yoke, right? So we're going to be connected to each other. And then what does an ox do? Well, it's pulling in a certain direction, isn't it? So it's pulling and Jesus is saying, hey, look, I'm going in, in this certain direction you put on my yoke, you link yourself to me and we'll go in the same direction together. But of course, who's pulling the weight? Well, Jesus is pulling the weight, but we link ourselves to him and we move in the same direction as him. And that, Jesus says, will be refreshing for our souls. It will be a lifting of our burden of trying to, trying to do this thing all in our own strength. Now let's bring that parallel over to here to don't be unequally yoked. Well, the idea is that if you are a different sort of animal than somebody else, right? Because like, you know, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if anyone's in Christ, they're a new creation. They're a new creature. 
So let's say you're one type of creature and you're yoked with another type of creature. Let's say we yoke together an ox with uh, a donkey or an elephant or whatever it might be. That yoke is not going to fit well. And, you know, you might be trying to pull in different directions as opposed to going in the same direction wearing the yoke with Jesus. So the idea is that if you are married to somebody who has fundamentally different beliefs about God and the world and what's wrong with the world and what the solution is and where the trajectory of everything is going, it would, um, it'd be, it's going to be a mess because you're going to be pulling in different directions. And guess what? It's going to cause pain to you both. And the idea here is this, that throughout the Bible, God's people were told, hey, we want you to be in those most intimate relationships with people who share the most fundamental beliefs about God and that that drives their lives. And so I would just tell you that this is really for your best interest to heed these words of the scriptures. And I know that that might mean some very hard decisions in the short term, but it's going to mean really good things in the long term. And I'll just tell you my own kind of testimony is that the way I ended up I don't know if I want to say that I, it's the way that I got saved. It's really the way that I, I got serious about my faith, really gave my life to the Lord, however, however you want to put that. But it was because there was a girl that I liked. She was a Christian. And I said, hey, you know, I'd like to be more than friends. And she said, I like you, but I won't be more than friends with you because I'm a Christian and you're not. And just that conversation of her telling me that and standing her ground as a Christian saying, I won't be unequally yoked. It was the catalyst for change in my life. It was a really big turning point in my life where I started asking some questions. Well, wait a second. What do you mean I'm not a Christian? And she showed me, hey, a Christian somebody who follows Jesus. You're not following Jesus. Therefore, don't call yourself a Christian. All these things. So it was a really important thing. So I would just encourage you, maybe that's even a way that God would use you in somebody's life is for you to follow his principles, stand up for these things, and leave the rest to him and the Holy Spirit. So I hope that uh, answers your question there about being unequally yoked. And um, I do pray that you would truly follow the Lord and his leading in that decision. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Your call and text on the air today. We are coming up on our mid-show break. We've got all open lines right now. Uh, the number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Hey, today is Valentine's Day. And on Valentine's Day, of course, we're remembering the greatest love the world has ever known. Right? Jesus said, well, in First John, right? John says, we love because he first loved us. Right, So God has given us the capacity to love, but also because we know the love of Jesus, that allows us to love in a whole new way. Um, so I hope you're having a great Valentine's Day. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a call, 303-690-3000, or text us, 720-336-0897. We've got some um, texts that have come in. We'll get to those after the break, but we'd love to have some callers. Um, before we go to our break, let me just tell you about this. Next weekend, so February 21st and 22nd, is the Expositors Collective Training Weekend. It's a group that I'm involved with. I'm on the steering committee of it. And what we do is we do regional training weekends for people who feel called to preach and teach the Word of God. And so we'd love for you to come to our next training weekend. It's going to be in Las Vegas, February 21st and 22nd. For more information, 
go to expositorscollective.com. Expositorscollective.com. It is for men and women ages 18 to 34, so really focused on that young adult age group. And if you feel that you have a calling to preach and teach the Word of God, we'd love to have you out for this two-day kind of non-conference. It's really a interactive learning experience that goes on for two days. There are some talks, but there's also ways that you'll get to practice preaching, outlining, creating a message. It's really a cool experience, and I would love for you to be part of it. So check it out online, expositorscollective.com. We have a training weekend coming up next weekend. You're listening to Calvary Live. We are going to our two-minute break. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. We'll be back in two minutes' time. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible Maybe there's something you've been reading recently that you weren't sure about or didn't make any sense, or you're trying to remember where this one passage is. We'd love to talk with you about that. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. You can also call and text in with your prayer requests, and you can also text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720 0897. Getting a lot of texts today, so let's go ahead and go over to our text line, and uh, hopefully we'll get some calls in the meantime. Let's go over here to our text line. One person says, uh, one year ago you prayed for me. May I ask you to pray again? Um, I had denied God's voice for many years. Then God broke me completely and totally, which turned me around completely and totally. I have grown so much and received so much love, comfort, wisdom, and truth. I am still struggling to hear his voice so please uh, pray that I would know where I should have as a church home and surrender all of my life to him for sure let's do that Heavenly Father we pray for this uh, dear person who has texted in Lord thank you for bringing them to a place of brokenness where you worked in their life Lord we know that sometimes that that's exactly what what we need that's our that's in our best interest Lord is for you to um, bring us to that place of humbleness, brokenness before you, where we reach the end of ourselves, and we know that's where we often encounter you. So I thank you, Lord, you were so faithful to, to reach out and pursue this person, Lord, and that they, they, they have been transformed and turned around. We're so glad about that. Lord, I pray that you would help this person to find a church home where they can get rooted and grounded in your word. I pray, Lord, that they would find a church that really teaches your word and a church where they can grow. And Lord, I pray that you would help this person in any areas of their life where they're not yet surrendering fully completely to you. Lord, I pray that you'd help them to do that and reveal areas where they where they can surrender in those ways. But Lord, I pray that their relationship with you wouldn't be based on their ability to surrender and their amount of surrender, but it would be based on a sense of awe for you and the fact that you surrendered yourself for us. Lord, may that be the driver. May that be the engine in their relationship with you, and may you bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Amen. Love those prayer requests. Love praying for you guys. The number to call is 303-690-3000 or text us 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Adrian in Greeley, Colorado. Hi, Adrian. Welcome to the program. Hey there, Pastor Katie. How are you doing? I'm doing great. What's up? Hey, man. I'm just calling because I was asking the brother that uh, I just I want to get your input as far as Let's just say that I have children, right, and you have children, and let's just say one of your kids comes out and says, like, I just, I got this gay tendency, like, I'm gay. Mm-hmm. You as a pastor, how would you deal with that? How would you work in their life to make them change? What do you do as a pastor if you have a child that says that they're gay or lesbian? That's, that's yeah. kind of like where I'm coming from, because I want to make sure that uh, people that are listening know how to deal with that kind of situation you being a pastor a leader how would you deal with that if that's what you were confronted with in your life yeah you know there have been a lot of pastors who have uh had that uh experience so yeah i'll share with you some thoughts on that um you know i've even had some some good friends who you know as their kids are now in their teenage and early 20s have had that um, experience where the kids come and say you know mom dad i'm gay or i'm I'm transgender and that's that's really difficult you know i think that there's a lot of um, grief that goes into that here's the first thing i would say i would say parents understand that this is you know don't don't uh, make this about you make it about the Make it about the child, because here's what I think a lot of people do is that the, you know, even like you're asking as a pastor, you know, I think that whatever your identity is, you know, maybe you, you fancied yourself a person who raised your kids right, so to say, or, you know, you're a person who stands for certain things and you're afraid of what that, how that will reflect on you if your child comes out and says that they're struggling with homosexual tendencies. And I would say, don't make it about you. I think that's the worst thing you can do. Make it about the child. Love them for for, uh, where they're at and who they are and love them through the struggle. And the first thing I would tell a child, you know, if it was even my own child who was struggling with that, I would tell them, hey, I love you and I will never stop loving you. I'll never stop being your dad and I will never stop being here for you. Right? If you were um, sinning in some other way, I wouldn't abandon you either. Right? But on the other hand, being there for you and being committed to you and loving you doesn't demand that I affirm every decision that you make or every, um, you know, choice or direction that you choose to go in with your life. And so while I love you, I'm not going to agree with this. I believe it's a decision, uh, not an identity. Maybe it may be a tendency which you didn't choose, but there are a lot of tendencies which we don't choose. And so we have to go to God's word and say, okay, well, which tendencies should I embrace and say, this is who I really am? And which tendencies should we say, okay, this is something where I, I am going to choose not to embrace and affirm this tendency. This is one where I'm going to say, I'm going to choose not to act on these feelings, even though I may have them and they may be very real and they may not be chosen by me. Uh, furthermore, um, you know, I, I would say that the Bible gives very clear directions on these things. Um, and I would say that to, that's one thing to have tendencies and one thing to have feelings. And it's another thing to choose how you will respond to those and how you will act. 
And there's a very good book on this subject, which I would recommend for everybody who's even just curious about the topic. And that is uh, the book. It's called Is God Anti-Gay? And it's written by Sam Albury. Sam Albury. It's spelled A-L-L-B-E-R-R-Y. And it's called Is God Anti-Gay? Uh, it's a very short book, but just really, really good and really grace-filled. And, you know, uh, he also wrote another book um, in which uh, it's called Why Does God Care uh, Who I Sleep With? And um, that's that's also very good. So I would recommend those. And the next thing I would say is, um, yeah, it's just a... Uh, Oh, I guess that book hasn't come out. It comes out on March 2nd, but you can already pre-order it. So I, I think I already did pre-order it. And um, it, here's what's so interesting about Sam Albury. He is a pastor in the UK, and okay. he is a pastor who has homosexual tendencies. So in his book, you know, he says, hey, I've never been attracted to women. I am attracted to men. I have, you know, kind of kind of classic... Um, gay style behaviors and um, you know desires and likes like even the way that he carries himself and talks and he says but I know that uh, I didn't choose this but on the other hand I know that I do have a, a choice in how I act upon it so um, I think it was a really good book reading that one is God anti-gay and there are some well, other great books out there confuses me there brother and the only reason why I'm going to say that it confuses me, because even though he's a pastor and he has those tendencies and he, he's dealing with those tendencies, like, I don't see his heart. Only God sees his heart, right? Yeah. God, at the end of the day, is the only one that knows deep down in our hearts what's going on in our hearts. <laughs> so if, if, he's, if he handles himself that way, in a way where it's noticeable that, oh, he looks like he's gay or he acts like he's gay, mm -hmm. wouldn't you just change the whole way you act? Because then no matter what, even if you say, oh, yeah, I, I, I'm dealing with this, I'm struggling with that, or um, I got those tendencies and I still act a certain way, wouldn't you want to change the whole way instead of, like, still sure. having those kind of sure. um, yeah. actions? Well, like, let's uh, let's talk about that. That's an interesting question. Here's here's what I mean is Sam says like in the thing that he says he's always been interested in like things which have which have traditionally been considered, you know, feminine or things that are associated with homosexuality. And those are things like, for example, he likes to cook. He likes to be tidy. He likes to, um, you know, he's really into design, for example. Now, hey, look, cooking, being into design and being tidy do not make you gay nor are those particularly feminine things and see that's the thing about a lot of our gender stereotypes is that they're culturally defined now is it wrong to follow a certain gender stereotype which is defined by what defined by people in our particular country even in our part of the country as being feminine i'll give you an example i lived in hungary for 10 years now i was married to my wife you know during that time and one thing I would often do is, you know, I'd help around the house. I would do the dishes. And sometimes we'd have people from our church come over and they would be kind of like laughing at me on the one hand, sometimes even more, more than laughing at me, like a little bit shocked and offended that I, a man, would do dishes because in their culture, 
men don't do dishes, men don't wash clothes. Those are things that women do. So here I was, the pastor of their church, doing in their opinion what was women's work. You see what I'm saying? These things are culturally defined. Yeah. But but having homosexual sex is not culturally defined. Yeah. No, and and that's why that's the reason why I'm asking you because I guess as a pastor if that was if you just end up with a gay son or a, a, a lesbian daughter and that's the life they choose because obviously they they just want to go with their tendencies and their desires at that point all you can do is i'm guessing just pray and just keep giving them good advice and letting them know that no you know what i don't agree with that i'm not for that the lord is against it and if you keep going in your way you know where that leads right but you want to you want to not cut off i would say don't cut off don't cut ties with them this is one thing i would say love them continue to point them to the truth i have a good friend um, in Washington State, he's a pastor, and he had a daughter who went through some of this, and she's now come out on the other side and and chosen to follow Jesus and not pursue a lesbian lifestyle anymore. So there is hope. Keep loving them. Keep being stand on truth, but give them so much love. Be generous with both, and I think you'll be on the right track. I have to let you go, Adrian, because I got some other callers. But God bless you, and thank you for a very relevant question. God bless. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We've got one open line. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Chris in Fort Collins. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the program. Hi. I love the questions that come up and how you answer them. Let me first state that. Awesome. Uh, So here's another question for you. Uh, I've been wondering this. Why are the Gospels of John separated why aren't they John and First John, Second John? Yeah, so the, the reason, you mean the Gospel of John, why is it separated from the epistles of John? Um, yeah. That's just a matter of organization. There's nothing like canonical about that, meaning like it's not inspired by God that our books of the Bible are in the order that they're in. You know, if you look historically at how the books of the Bible were organized, um, in the Jewish Bible, there's a little bit different organization. In some cases, for example, um, the Jewish Bible doesn't separate First and Second Kings. It doesn't separate First uh, and Second Samuel. They're just one book. Um, same with Chronicles, right? These are things that we separated, and the reason why people throughout time have separated them was just to make them. That is really practical reasons, right? It's just to make them smaller, easier to navigate. For example, you know, the Bible didn't always have numbers in chapters and verses in it. Like that was something which was added to help us navigate it. Um, you know, with First and Second Kings, the reason it ended up being split up into two books is because back in the day, if you, you couldn't fit the whole book of Kings onto one scroll, so they'd put it on two different scrolls, and then they'd start talking about, okay, the first Kings and the second Kings. And then we just said, well, let's just keep them separated just for the purpose of navigation. Now, when it comes to the New Testament, um, the reason those books aren't put together is simply because um, we have the four Gospels organized together, then Acts. So we have the first five books of the, of the New Testament are in narrative format. They're telling the story of Jesus from birth, death, resurrection, ascension, and then the history of the early church. And then we get into the epistles. And the epistles are really only organized by size at first. And then so we get through the epistles of Paul, 
then we get into epistles written by different people, and they are organized by size, not even by chronology. Even Paul's epistles, uh, if we were to organize them by chronology, we'd have to um, change the order that they're in in the Bible. Um, so it's really just a matter of organization and you know, putting them in this order to make them easier to navigate, but there's absolutely nothing inspired by God that says that they have to be in the particular order that we we have generally accepted. Well, it would be easier to navigate if they were all in a row. Sure. I will tell you this. The epistles of John, meaning the letters written by John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, they were written later than the Gospel of John. Well, that, that could be why they're 1st and 2nd. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that they were written later than the Gospel. So the Gospel was written for... Um, you know, earlier, and then later on he wrote these letters. So they're grouped with other letters. And specifically, John's letters are actually grouped with what are called the general epistles, which means like Peter's epistles, which were written not just to one church, like Paul's were written to like the church in Philippi, the church in Ephesus. Well, there's uh, John's are written to Christians all over the world, so like Peter's. Okay, still confusing, but thank you for your reply. Oh, my pleasure. God bless you. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. We've got one open line. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000, or text us, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Katie in Thornton, Colorado. Hi, Katie. Welcome to the program. Okay, we might have lost Katie, but let's uh, pray for her prayer request. She had a prayer request for her son, who is a dad to two kids, and he went to the ER today with an inflamed appendix. So let's pray for him. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father we pray, we lift up to you Katie's son. Uh, he's a dad. Lord, we know that he has kids, and they're probably worried. We know that he's probably worried. Lord, I pray that you'd help them at the hospital right now as they're working on him. Lord, to find out what's going on, uh, the reason why this appendix is inflamed, if, if they need to remove it or if they need to do other things to help him be better. Lord, I pray that you would guide those doctors and you would bless them and that Katie's son would be healthy and well and able to uh, be a father to his kids here on earth for a lot longer time. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's go to our next caller, Matthew in Longmont, Colorado. Hi, Matthew. Welcome to the program. Hello, Nick. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. What's up? All right. So um, it's been real revealed to me that there was sin in my wife's past, and um, one person in particular, a family member, mm. um, had a part in it. And I know this person is not a Christian. And for for my own closure, I feel like I need to talk to this person. Okay. Um, although my wife is very much against it. Um, mm. She doesn't want to drag up old feelings. Um, she says she's forgiven him. On the other hand, to me, it's brand new brand new um, information that's, that's hurting our marriage. Mm. Um, because this person's not a Christian, how, how can I go about um, trying to reconcile between us? Well, let me just ask you this. What, what would what would constitute uh, a win in this situation for you? What would you, 
what would it take for you to look at the situation and say, okay, now I feel satisfied? I, w <clears throat> I would say if it was addressed, um, if the person decided to repent or not, and at least if I've brought it to them, then I can say, okay, now I have to, now I need to move on and forgive them. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give you just my two cents on this. I think that if this person was a Christian, like you said, it might be a different, might be a different story. Um, but in this case, I think you've kind of got two options. One is you can do this. You can bring it up and say, you know, I don't, again, I don't know what the, what the action was, but, and I don't really want to know, but I'll just say this, that, you know, it could be as simple as telling this person, Hey, I know what you did and I do not want you to ever do that to anyone else ever again. And I would like you to apologize to my wife uh, if you haven't ever done so before. Yeah, I think that, I think if you do that, you know, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. I, um, on the one hand, it might be, you know, really healthy for that person to be confronted in that way. Uh, it might be really healthy for your wife to see that you care this much. I would be wanting you to find out from your wife why it is that she does not want you to do this. Like if it's because she is somehow embarrassed or she's afraid of hurting the relationship with this person. I would say in this case, really keep your wife in mind. Because if you make this about you, I don't think that, that that's really helping. But if you make it about this person, maybe, maybe they're a threat to other people. In that case, I would say, yeah, this might be something that really needs to be addressed. On the other hand, if, it, if it's really about you and your sense of well-being, I would say it's not 100% necessary for you to do this because it is possible for you to forgive somebody and move on um, without having them say sorry. But, like I said, if you feel that this would actually be helpful, restorative, or protective for your wife or for other potential victims, then yeah. I would say that you should do it. Okay. Yeah, in my case, <clears throat> my wife does not want um, the guilt and shame that she lived with for 20 years to mm -hmm. come rushing back, and probably because it would get out to other family members. So, yeah, I need to do what's best for her in this case, unless, like you said, I see some danger for somebody else. Yeah, I mean, I would just say make this about your wife and make it about other people. And, you know, if this person presents uh, a danger to other people, then absolutely address it. If, um, you know, if your wife really doesn't want you to talk about it, you know, you need to pray about whether or not you should honor her in that, even if it means you know, not feeling satisfied within yourself that you didn't confront this person. Yeah. So there's an interesting verse in Second um, Corinthians chapter 6 where Paul the Apostle says to the Corinthians, or it might be First Corinthians, I'm going to have to look it up, but it's an interesting verse which I've always kind of, I think it often just gets read over and not spent a lot of time on. And it says it's verse where, you know, Paul's talking about, these Corinthians are taking each other to court and they're really upset with each other over all kinds of civil matters. And he says to them, can you just be offended? Can, can you just absorb the offense? Like, do you need to feel justified? 
And I think that that um, is sometimes often overlooked in our society because, especially as Christians, right? We, we can know that Jesus took the offense for every sin that's been dealt with. Sometimes we feel this need to feel justified. And I think that Paul's challenging that. And, and I just want to say this. I don't know in your situation. Maybe it is the absolute right thing for you to do. But I think there are times, and maybe it's just something to consider. There are times when we need to just say, you know what, I'm just going to... Um, I'm just going to rest in the Lord that he's, he's taking care of this and, and I can, I can accept that. So let me, let me pray for you because that requires some wisdom. So let, yeah. let's pray for yeah. you. He Heavenly Father, I pray for Matthew. Um, I pray for his heart just as he's, this thing has come to light and he's upset about it. Lord, help him to know what is the right way and godly way and, and the right way by his wife and by other people potentially who could be hurt by this person to deal with this issue. And I pray, pray you give him peace in it and that you give him a lot of direction and guidance by your spirit. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Pastor Nick. Hey, God bless you, Matthew. Thanks for calling in. Bye-bye. Yep. Listening to Calvary Live, we've got five minutes left and a few more callers to get to. I want to address this one. This one is um, someone who called but didn't want to be on the air, and they asked that we would pray for parents who have kids who are confused about their sexuality. This is probably related to the earlier call we had about this. So let's do that. Heavenly Father, we pray for parents who um, who have children who they love and they're um, dealing with this. We live in a culture where definitely this is almost encouraged is for children to consider alternative uh, forms of sexuality. And Lord, we pray that you would protect our kids from um, being being affected by this this kind of culture, but also, Lord, for those who are genuinely struggling, Lord, we ask that you would give their parents so much grace and wisdom and strength and the ability to love and to do things even when they don't feel like it or even when it's really hard. Lord, help them to love in those times. Help them to continually point their kids um, to the right way um, and to have those two things, not one or the other, but love and truth, both in full force. Lord, would you please give wisdom and strength to these parents and, and help us, Lord, who are raising kids now um, to, to raise them in a way where they'll grow up emotionally healthy and physically healthy and, um, and spiritually healthy. So, Lord, we, we just cast ourselves upon your mercy and your grace for that because um, there's so many things in this life that are out of our hands, but we thank you that they're not out of your hands. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go to Daniel in Greenville, Tennessee. Hi, Daniel. Oh. Welcome to the program. Hello. How are you? Great. What can we do for you? Um, I'm experiencing... It, it, you probably had calls like this in the past. I'm originally from Florida, and I'm grateful to have grown up in a Christian home with Christian parents, um, and I don't want to overlook that. But I'm in Tennessee now, and, of course, I moved here because I thought it was beautiful, and I thought there was, you know, there's a lot of churches and godly people but, uh, you know, I was raised in a type of home where I was taught study to show thyself approved. And, you know, I'd ask my parents, hey, what does this mean? And they'd say, oh, let's look it up. So, you know, I'm in my 40s. So over the course of time, I've, I've been blessed to have grown up with uh, uh, encouragement to go to college and whatnot and get an education. But I'm surrounded by a lot of folks that uh, they like, they constantly bash me when I, like, if I use the word like algorithm in a sentence or, you know, uh, you know, it's like they're afraid of uh, intellect, and um, I'm getting made fun of a lot. And it's it's funny because I heard you give somebody else advice about Jesus taking uh, 
you know, just kind of taking it and grinning and bearing. So I, I, I heard that through the Holy Spirit. I heard the word. But sometimes it, it kind of gets on your nerves. And, and lately I've been upset a lot. I'm like, Lord, I'm not a nervous person. I'm not a jittery person. I'm definitely not a a, a panicker typically. But I I don't feel like I'm getting the support at church or the support in uh, the environment. I don't have a lot of friends here. I've only lived here about seven months. So I'm, I keep kind of hoping that maybe the Holy Spirit will bless me with uh, something calm to relax in. But uh, like today, I was at the job site, and a couple of contractors are picking on me about an electronic issue, and I was sharing a piece of knowledge that I've known for a long time. And they're like, oh, that's not how that works. I'm like, well, you know, actually it is. And well, uh, well, I got to cut you off because we're coming up at the end of our yeah. show. So let me pray okay, for you. So, and um, Yeah, we'll, typical we'll stuff. Do that. Yeah, so uh, the verse that I was referring to, I have it right here in front of me. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 7. And yeah. he said, um, you know, it's utter failure that you go to the law against one another. That's basically taking each other to court. And he goes, why do you not rather just accept wrong? Why would you not rather just let yourself be cheated? So it is sure. something to think about. And let me, uh, let me pray for you, though, that God would lead you to some good fellowship and friends. Heavenly Father, we pray for Daniel, and uh, thank you, Lord, for his desire to know you and walk with you. Thank you for the ways that you've gifted him with intelligence and strength. Lord, I pray that you would help him as he's seeking to make friends in this new place that he's in. Lord, help him to find a good church, good fellowship, and we pray that you give him strength and patience, uh, especially in dealing with anxiety. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, Daniel. Thanks for calling in. Hey, you've been listening to Calvary Live. Hope you have a great Valentine's Day. My name is Pastor Nick Cady. You can find out more about my church at whitefieldschurch.com. We'd love to have you come visit us if you're in or around Longmont. God bless you and have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.